0: Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast. Today, I got to interview Stephanie Obergoso, and she was just so much fun to talk to. Sometimes you hear people uh, on other podcasts, watch their videos, uh, and maybe you just meet them or you get to talk to them and it doesn't go the same. This was not the case. like She was just absolutely animate and just really passionate about Again, all things health, of course, and you could see that she just exuded that in, in, in the conversation and, and when we talked. But just passionate about life and having fun, and it was just a beautiful conversation that I hope you guys enjoy. Alrighty, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the line today, I have Stephanie Obergozo Stephanie. First question I'm always curious to hear from people is sharing just your health journey. Where have you been? Where have you gone like up until this point? And some of the highlights maybe in between for you.
1: Oh, goodness. Where, where haven't I gone, Nick?
0: Let's, <laughs> let's go there. Let's hear about it.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, my health journey started about a little over 10 years ago. And I kind of was at a point where I just didn't even know how sick I was. And I ended up uh, working at a gym where one of the trainers was a Czech practitioner who was also studying functional medicine. And so him and I got to be really close friends. um, And, you know, I was kind of attacking things from more the physical level, you know, like, I really wanted to be super fit, it was really important to me, I never missed a workout. If I had any client cancellations, there were days that I would work out like three times in a day. And I just had no concept of proper recovery proper sleep you know circadian rhythm um and the nutrition that i was uh doing for myself really was just like antiquated kind of you know like the the low fat um whole grain sort of thing i had no clue it wasn't working for me like i I'm pretty sure I had IBS. Like if I had gone to the doctor at that time, I probably would have gotten a diagnosis of IBS. But at that time in my life, I just didn't know. I didn't know what normal was. So um, I just felt bad all the time, but I didn't realize it until I started to work on those things behind the scenes. You know, the, the foundation principles of health that really helped bring everything back online. And then once I achieved this like newfound level of health, I looked back and I was like, oh my God, I was so sick like in so many ways and and not just physically, but my, my thinking, you know, I was just like such a negative, fearful, anxious person inside. Um, And that's not to say that, like, I've totally achieved like enlightenment, and I'm some Zen master now, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at least I feel like I have a really good awareness. And I can notice when those old tapes start playing and that kind of thought pattern sort sort of creeps in. Um, And then I can just, you know, once you shine the light of awareness on it you're like okay i can see this thought pattern happening or i'm noticing myself thinking these thoughts and then it's easy to manipulate once you can figure out what's going on
0: okay one of the things i really want to go into here is didn't know what normal was or what it necessarily felt like because this is something that i i think i just see like on a daily basis on with patients that i'm working with like they they think where they're at is just like normal like you're you're so Here's the I think where it happens the most. Oh, well, that's what I'm supposed to happen as I get older. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I'm just getting older. Like, that's going to happen. Like, how do you help either yourself? How do you like people that you're working with, like, find out, like getting in touch with knowing that that's not normal, like to Mm. be able to really feel that, okay, what should be normal for them?
1: Yeah. You know, in in cases like that, I feel like the, the paperwork is really helpful because when people answer these very detailed questions about their digestion and about their sleep habits and bowel habits and, you know, everything that we end up asking them about, which is really everything to do with their lives, sometimes the awareness comes out of that. They start filling out these forms and they go, whoa, I didn't even realize, you know, that I go like three days without having a bowel movement. Or I didn't realize that, you know, this isn't normal or that isn't normal. But I also get those people who will fill out those questionnaires and everything is like a zero. They're like, no, I'm good here. I'm good here. I'm good here. You know, except they're suffering from three different autoimmune disorders. They don't sleep well um, and they have a a whole laundry list of complaints, physical symptoms and neurological symptoms and things like that. So I think that, you know, educating people and letting them know, you know, okay, so this is what a healthy bowel movement is like, you know, I made this comedy video on YouTube, um, just about like, what is a healthy BM and what is not because at a time in my life, I didn't realize that I wasn't, I didn't have healthy um, bowel habits. And so sometimes I think you really just need to explain to people what normal is. But I find that, you know, it's that difference between knowing and experiencing. Like sometimes you can say it till you're blue in the face and you can try to explain it this way, that way, draw a diagram. That person isn't really going to grok what you're saying until they feel it for themselves in their bodies. And so it's really important. I've been finding um, lately and really just... Trying to pay as close attention as possible to what my clients are saying, but also what's behind what they're saying. Because I think that tells you a lot about what they're ready for, what they're ready to experience. And, you know, it's what, like the knowing, experiencing thing. I had heard a long time ago, you know, not everyone wants to heal. I didn't really believe that in my mind. I was like, what do you mean not everybody wants to heal? Like, of course, everybody wants to feel good and be happy and not be stressed. No, that's just not the case. Um, you know, a lot of times people are addicted to their symptoms, they're addicted to their busyness. They don't know who they are without feeling like shit. Like, that's become <laughs> yeah. no, this right. part of their identity, right? Like, I identify with this and And sometimes, you know, people just aren't really willing to look back at how they have played a part in co-creating these problems for themselves. Um, And that's a hard, that's a tough pill for some people to swallow because they get really defensive right away. But I think if we're open enough to look at how we must take responsibility for ourselves and our choices, and of course, things happen that we're not responsible for, but instead of living in the space of of victimhood of just like oh this is my story this is who i am this is what i suffer from here's why i can't do this or can't do that um if we can tell our stories in a different way that's more empowering we can start to change our own narrative but sometimes I do get people who they will fill out all the forms and we will, you know, review everything. And I I can just sense a lot of resistance, even if the words are, yeah, I would like to try eating this way, or I would like to go to bed earlier and implement some of these lifestyle changes. There is a resistance behind it. And that will show up in complete noncompliance or just, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had the time to do this yet or, you know, there's some sort of resistance there. So I think just not, not everybody is ready to actually make the changes and to assess each individual and, you know, give people options, give them the baby step options and let them know what it looks like to dive in head first. If they want to experience uh, the benefits sooner.
0: And it's funny you say that. Cause I'm, I'm always thinking like, okay, who, who, who can I relate to with this? Right. And it's, a lot of times, when you have somebody who uh, is just like, like they're more the resistant to it, like they and you give them one thing, they're the ones that aren't going to do it. They want you to give them ten things, but they're still <laughs> yeah. not going to do it. Like it doesn't matter if you give them one, if you give them ten. But somebody who's like all in and they just do that one and it's just like done to perfection. And it's like exactly that. But they don't need that. You give them that one thing, but then they change five other things because mm-hmm. it was just like. That was just the domino that already helped, and you didn't even have to help them with those other things. Like, I I, I find it like so backwards there, but such an interesting thing that that's just a lot of times how it falls into play.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. That whole thing of like you give someone one very simple thing to do, like drink clean water that has been remineralized or has the right trace mineral content, like drink X amount a day. Um, and they're like, that's it. Like it can't be that simple and, it might and they not want
0: to be like their goals that they have to get to. It might not even be like half your body weight announces. It might just be like, get a court a day, like to start or whatever it is. <laughs> right. And like, that might be where they have to start. And, but it's like, they shoot up, oh, I'm hitting stuff. I'm throwing my arms around. Uh, <laughs>
1: You're yeah, excited. no, That's,
0: that's good. so good. That's such a perfect example of it though. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then they want those 10 things a day so that they can turn around They don't maybe not even realize this at a conscious level so they can turn around and say, you gave me this, you know, laundry list of things to do. I have a full time job. I have a family. It was too much. So just forget the whole thing. And I've had clients admit that to me, the ones who are really open and just like really cool with just, yeah, I would like to develop more self-awareness and I would like to learn how to do that without the judgment or to move beyond the judgment of it and not get stuck in feeling guilty or shameful about my behaviors and how I've played a role in this. But yeah, that's interesting. You know, I want to I want to know more about that. I've had people tell me, yeah, I kind of want to screw up, in quotations, right? Like, I kind of want to screw up what we are working towards here so that I can then say, well, I tried and I failed. I'm going to throw in the towel now. What's the use? Nothing works. And just kind of go on, you know, being unhappy because that is what's familiar to them.
0: Okay, so... Stephanie, you call your, with like the coaching, you do integrative coaching, right? Yes. And we're talking about like a a lot of the, I feel like just mindset part of it here. It's like the, you know, the basics, what you need to tell somebody to do. Is there like a part of coaching that you're just really fascinated about? or just like absolutely geeking out on right now, whether it's like uh, the the part of coaching or just the part of health in general.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I spent the last decade coaching people in a very, um, Kind of teacher oriented way or like a lot of information giving and the information is good and it's necessary but people can get overwhelmed by the information and they can get fixated on the information and they can actually shoot themselves in the foot and not put that information to good practice because they're inundated with it and they sort of can build this new obsession and i'm i'm speaking from experience here um, where we get so hung up on the information and learning, like oh, the latest thing about the HPA axis, and you know all this this stuff that you hear from here and there in the functional medicine community, holistic health, and they read an article here and they read an article there, and before you know it, they haven't done anything because all they have done is collected a whole bunch of information. A lot of it can be conflicting, or it can point to things that are ten steps beyond where they really could benefit from starting with the things that are free, you know, like sleep and water. They went to
0: the top <laughs> of the pyramid without the base, yeah.
1: They went to the top of the pyramid without the base. And so I I just got to a point where I was feeling really exhausted the way that I was coaching. You know, my coaching really wasn't coaching at all because if you're, if you're doing your job as a coach, you're not talking usually more than your client is. You know, you're asking the right questions to help them figure out what they need to figure out because i don't i don't care how open a person is we all have an ego it's a part of being alive and part of having an ego and seeing ourselves as individuals is we don't really like to be told what to do like we like to figure things out for ourselves so if there's somebody there that says you know tell me what to do because a lot of times people will hire coaches because they don't want to have to think they want somebody to just lay out everything for them And I do think that there is a very important part of coaching where that's what we do. You know, we collect the information, we take a step back, we look at all of it, and we pick out where are the red flags? You know, where is this person's highest priority? What should we tackle first that's going to make the biggest impact with their health? And so with that comes a certain amount of education and information delivery. But along the lines, you know, there needs to be a pulling back from giving information and more of that person being able to discover more about themselves. And so I am like really fascinated right now with just going deeper into the why of things, um, which really irritates people. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you know, if, if it's not what you're expecting from your holistic health coach, you can feel like, why is this person so nosy? Like, why do they keep asking me you know, why I do this or why I feel this way. But, you know, it's, it's the best way to empower someone to put their health in their own hands is to help them figure out what their patterns are, what's going on with their own body and how to listen to the signs and signals that their bodies are giving them. So they can then take the next best step in their own health rather than, you know, read an article about the ketogenic diet as a miracle cure for everything and say, yeah, I'm going to start this. Like right now, I totally haven't done any research about it. I think you just eat bacon all day long and like drink duck fat. And so I'm just going to go and do that. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Uh, you know, that doesn't usually, uh, end up going very well.
0: (laughs) I just don't think you had enough fat in there as part of it. That's (laughs) probably why. Exactly. Uh, Okay. This is okay. So going off that, because you've done, I I checked out just some of your stuff, like done the ketogenic diet, but you also mentioned something when we were just talking here about like functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And can you explain why to people that those might be great options, but also aren't the end all be all of just options in general, like whether it's keto diet, whether like you name it. Uh, But why is it so important to, I think, ask why? Among amongst those things specifically,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of functional medicine. Basically, anytime a client reaches out to me, or um, or I'm working with a client, and we get to a point where I know that they need a qualified functional medicine practitioner to step in and run labs and, you know, give their perspective. Um, I will always refer out for functional medicine, and I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Where I think people jump the gun is kind of like what you were saying before about skipping all the important necessary foundational steps and going right to level 10. You know, like, oh, I, I must have a parasite infection, I'm going to go test for parasites right now. Um, if your diet is shit and your sleep is bad and you're not drinking enough water, you can go test for parasites. You might find that you have parasites. You might run a protocol to get rid of those parasites. But the way that you were living your life that got you a parasite infection in the first place has not changed. So what you can expect if nothing else changes except you've now spent a lot of money running labs and taking supplements and pills and herbs to you know, eradicate the, the infection, you can expect to get that infection over again. And so there was a point in my career where I thought, you know, I want to learn how to how to interpret these labs and run these labs, like I want to do this functional medicine stuff. And then I thought, you know, is that what people like, are there enough functional medicine people in the world, you know, to take care of that, where that's primarily what they do, they thrive on that, that is just what lights them up, they're passionate about, am I passionate about functional medicine enough to make that the largest part of my practice or am I passionate about teaching people the importance of the basics and how powerful your mind is over any of that stuff and that's really where I get like very fired up and so that was my answer and that you know I don't need to run out and be the jack of all trades and 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 I have been guilty of that too in the past of just thinking like Oh, I just need to learn about this. I need to learn about that. And before you know it, you go tumbling down this rabbit hole of like, I need to learn more. And then you're totally disconnected from yourself because you're really identified with these things that you've learned, but it's all just kind of scrambled. Like, when do you implement what? And unless you know how to tune in to your inner voice and ask your own body, what is it that I need right now? Do I need to start a ketogenic diet? Or do I need to start a meditation practice? Do I need more quiet time in my day so that my digestive system can work properly so I can break down normal foods? So I I do love functional medicine. I I love what it's all about. I use it myself. I refer loved ones and family um, out to functional medicine practitioners, but I don't think it's always the best first step unless you're the kind of person that needs to see things on paper in order to say yeah something's got to change here if you think that a person could benefit from doing that and they're willing to run the labs first then that's great but i I don't think that it should be the the end all be all for most people
0: and at the same time then like coaching that you or I are doing like that shouldn't be the end all be all of it either exactly and that that's the beauty of it is yes. that's why it's as you said integrative where it's all of the above are so incredibly important uh, so I want to get into talking about the mind a little bit uh you train in the sport of kettlebell correct I, I have I, house, I, I've seen yeah. you do like it's just because I've seen like with uh Mike Salemi a little bit just in general how do you use whatever it is you're doing like physical uh so movement and and doesn't have to be exercise just movement in general to help better your mind
1: Mm. yes well in terms of that question applied directly to kettlebell sport um, And, and it
0: doesn't have to be i'm curious just as far as movement in general and the mind like how are those two where's the disconnect there Yeah, no,
1: I I love this question because I feel like I can answer it in in two separate ways. So kind of like uh, rewinding a year to when I started doing kettlebell sport training with the intention of competing. Um, I mainly did that because I am not a competitive person. The thought of it scared the living crap out of me. And I knew that it was something I needed to do to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, Of course, you know, I had an amazing coach. Mike Salemi is just awesome and incredible. And he's an amazing coach and so much more than just kettlebell sport. But it was really nice to have him, you know, um, writing out my programs and have him monitor my progress. And so, you know, and he's competed uh, for years and years in, in a variety of different sports. And so I just wanted to really push myself mentally, I felt like it was what I needed at the time, I said, I need to commit to something, set up a plan to get there and execute it and then show up on that day. And just give it everything I've got. Even though I'm terrified, I'm shaking inside, I feel like I'm going to throw up like it was very terrifying for me, but it was an important thing for me to do mentally. So I had set that goal for myself last year. Now that I don't have a competition in mind or something that I'm really working toward I'm really focusing on my own mobility and stepping away from the way that I'm comfortable exercising, like going to the gym and dominating exercises that I feel comfortable with, because I'm like, oh, I know I like, have great form for this, and I can do this, over in squat, That's the exact blah, blah, blah. reason
0: I don't do my own programming anymore. <laughs>
1: for that reason alone
0: but it's so important to recognize like we're gonna do what we love there's a reason people that are good at yoga keep doing yoga people that are good at strength athletics keep doing strength athletics when the two should always be just switching
1: yeah well you know i take a swiss ball core class at the gym where i teach dynamic mobility because i told the instructor i said i will not do these things on my own i freaking hate like core work and like swiss ball work where you're just laying there for an hour making everything hurt but you don't feel like you're doing that much it is exactly what i need i have anterior pelvic tilt my core is weak in certain places i have uh, instability in certain places of my spine so i show up to this class and there are mostly like older people in this class and i freaking love it and it's hard for me because it like helps me really tune into my core so i am again, trying to challenge myself to do the things that are uncomfortable for me. I have horrible spinal mobility. My muscles are quite flexible, my joints are pretty good, great shoulder mobility, hips are pretty good, but my spine is like a freaking solid piece of wood. So I'm challenging myself to do roll-ups and roll-downs, things where I have to really try to control and articulate through the spine. And I think that anytime we can just step out of our comfort zone by doing what's challenging for us and i don't mean challenging in the sense that we go into some crazy catabolic class where you're jumping around like a crazy person i don't know if you saw the facebook post I I, today the lady on the trampoline oh,
0: yeah, yeah i have to make sure to get that in the show notes or something just make it's sure everybody so, when you hear this go back yeah. uh go look on this. may the fourth like this is what they were recording it like at her face oh my god Yes. Yes. I I When I saw that,
1: I was like that watching this video makes my uterus want to prolapse. (laughs) That was my first thought because this lady is like jumping so hard and crazy. It looks like she's on meth. Like it's nuts. So when I say like challenge yourself, I don't mean like, you know, show up, check out and just work out till you puke. But what's hard for me? Kettlebell now is like something I really enjoy and look forward to. So I have to peel myself away from that and I have to slow it down and I have to do the stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this kind of stuff, but I know that it's gonna help me to be better. And in those moments, when I'm working on mobility, it does allow me to slow down. I can make it more meditative. If I'm holding a certain, you know, position or stretch for a couple of minutes, I just focus in on my breath and I just I slow it down and I just tell myself this is going to make me better at everything else that I want to do, including kettlebell sport, if I want to compete in that again someday. So, um, yeah, that would be my advice to anyone who's like looking at starting a different kind of exercise program. You know, if you've never done resistance training, find somebody qualified who can coach you properly with good form and get into the resistance training. You know, if you've never taken a yoga class and you're super tight, um, you know, take a yoga class or do some mobility work.
0: All fantastic advice, (laughs) but that's we're talking about how simple it really is to make some of these changes. Like that's what it takes is like, you just have to do that, make that commitment to something, you know, you suck at or just will absolutely hate. And it's probably what you need the most and should probably spend at least a little bit of time every week working on that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing people dance who like say they can't dance, you know, like I hear that from a lot. I mean, my boyfriend's one of those people who's like, no, I can't dance. And it's like, well, no, you just don't dance right? But then sometimes you see these people, they're posting and they're just like, I'm learning how to do this dance or that dance. And you can tell that it's not natural for their bodies, but they're, I feel like dance, especially something like Latin dance, where you have a partner, you hold hands, there's like kind of close physical contact. That's like really stepping out of most people's comfort zones if they don't identify as I'm a good dancer. Um, So I love to see people do stuff like that. Because when you move your body in new and different ways, for me, this was like implementing cold showers, I found my creativity level went through the roof. I mean, it was like wild that I was getting these like ideas for lots of different things or even insights about clients that I was working with came to me when I started when I stopped doing my normal easy comfortable routine. And started forcing myself into cold showers or doing things like ecstatic dance to some like crazy music in the morning. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much benefit to stepping out of your comfort zone. And I I do want to give a shout out to uh, JP Sears and his program, his premium AF community, because I really feel like that has helped push me to exercise You know in a completely different way there are a lot of self-development challenges um within that program and you know while i haven't done all of them there are some that i flat out just backed away from (laughs) (laughs) i'm just thinking
0: of like what jp would even be putting in there right now oh
1: man the one that i haven't done you know i will share just because it, it just shows me where i'm so uncomfortable is to walk into like a coffee shop or like you know wherever you're gonna go and buy something And without explaining anything, ask the person who's checking you out uh, to give you 25% off. Just ask for 25% off. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so uncomfortable for me. Like, I can't, I'm like trying to find a cafe (laughs) that I'll never go
0: into again.
1: (laughs) I know, right, my (laughs) armpits are sweating, oh my God. but like a video that i had posted i think a few weeks ago about how it was like a sharing my truth and how my coaching practice is changing um that was actually a challenge from his group and i did not wake up that morning thinking i was going to make that video and then post it it was scary for all kinds of reasons but i did it and i was like wow i'm really glad i did that that was something that i had been holding inside that i really needed to let the world know or anyone who was going to care to listen and I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't prompted and and you know asked to step up to the challenge. So um, yeah, all about stepping out of your comfort zone right now.
0: That, that's all I'm going through my mind. Like, what are the things that i uncomfortable with right now that I should just try and let go of? But wow, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a real like comfort challenges or really discomfort challenges. I guess are. Very introspective. Like you will learn so much because truly, the person that you're asking, they'll just be like, they're they're either gonna say yes or they're really not gonna care. Uh, <laughs> but it's so much on us saying that and the perception that probably doesn't even exist.
1: Well, you know. I've been guilty of saying this too. And it's such bullshit that I don't give a shit what other people think that is such bullshit. Because if I didn't give a shit what other people thought, why wouldn't I just walk into some place and be like, I'd like to have 25% off of that black sesame latte, please. (laughs) And for that, like, just let them go through whatever reaction they're going to have, like, some people might be like, sure, and give it to you. And other people might be like, get the hell out of here. Like, who do you think you are? And other people might laugh and say, why are you asking me for that? But the whole challenge was just like, do not explain. Like, don't say this crazy red-haired guy. Like, explain put me it up afterwards if you
0: want, right? Or just not at all. You're no, not supposed no. to. No, no. And then
1: like, I think you got like bonus points if you had someone film you doing it. So You got to get even more bonus
0: points if it. you get like, if they actually do it for you, right? 25% off. It,
1: yeah, It's just like the matter of doing it. And so it was funny because, yeah, the introspective part of that to me was, why am I so resistant to doing this? Like, why do I care if it's a cafe that I frequent? Like, you know, if I'm going to do this, do I really have to drive to like a different part of town and go to some cafe that like serves really crappy coffee just to make sure I'm never going to go back there because I'm, because I'm worried about what that person is going to think about me. Like, are they going to think I'm cheap? Are they going to think I'm a crazy person? You know, and it's just so funny because it brings up a lot of awareness around where your fears are.
0: When you said like cheap or crazy person, I don't know, because like you said, when you said like walking in there and I thought to myself like, okay, could I do that? And I felt just anxious because of it, but I don't know why. And then you gave those reasons, like talking, going back to just the, the why. And it's like, I, that neither of those really fit with me. Like it's not, do I feel like I'd be cheap? It's not, do I feel like I'd be crazy? So I'm still trying to figure out like in my head, why does this still make me anxious (laughs) even thinking about it and not actually even doing it?
1: I, that's I an know one. it's like every single challenge he puts up there makes me sweat instantaneously and it's it's great that's I mean I love it yeah so I mean I participate to the degree that that I can and you know in moments where I'm on the fence I really try to push myself over to the other side um, and, and that has been really helpful for me and I would love to incorporate a lot of that into my coaching practice you know where you you're holding someone accountable, you're going to ask them to do something. Of course, they have free will, they can always say no, and they can not do it. But interestingly, I found there's a lot of medicine in just taking the leap and doing the damn thing, do the damn thing that scares you, you know, unless that's something like irresponsible and crazy, like take this drug and you don't know what's going to happen, have fun, you know, but if it's something like walk into a place and just completely straight faced, can I have 25% off of that coffee? Like, really what's the harm in it, you know? And I just feel like you can learn so much about yourself. And who knows, maybe uh, you can even get a discount. I, would, I don't know, maybe I'll try it when I go buy something that's like more expensive, because that way if they say yes, <laughs> I'll that's, get like-
0: Can I get 25% off this car? Yeah. That would be the best way to do it.
1: Totally. All
0: right, so we're talking about coffee, we're talking about, you mentioned drugs. Do you have any vices? Any big vices that you have? Or that you even consider a vice yourself?
1: Hmm, like edible vices, like things that I eat well, or could, consume? It could be like that, but it could,
0: your vice might be dancing. Like, really, that could be a vice Oh, for I see somebody. what you're like, saying. Anything like that, that you're just like totally addicted to, that you just love as part of your life.
1: I would say, hmm, what would that be? Yeah, maybe... You know, I tend to use a few milligrams of uh, medical or, you know, cannabis. I don't know what what's the difference between medical cannabis and cannabis, right? Well, about um, it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't smoke because I feel like I have really sensitive lungs and I always feel that. Like I end up coughing up a lot of phlegm and things like that. I can't even use vape pens. Um, but I do use like I have a Jambo superfood spray that has like three milligrams per spray. And so it's probably it went from being used as medicinal purposes to more of like, I really like how this feels like this to me is like my glass of wine. Um, But I have cut it out for periods at a time just to make sure that I'm not totally hung up on it because there was a point where I was worried. I was like, I'm sleeping so well. I wonder how well I'll be sleeping if I don't have this, you know, three to five milligrams um, each night like two hours before I go to bed. And so the last time I did, it was like a, uh, elimination diet. I decided just to eliminate that as well, and just you know see how that would go. Um, and it went fine, so I do still use that. I would say on most nights. Um, so I guess if I had to pick one vice, it would be that. The second vice would be like I'm totally addicted to murder shows.
0: <laughs> also a great answer.
1: And I I don't know why I feel like I always have been, and I went this period where I was like it's not healthy for my psyche to be watching this kind of stuff, and now that we are you know, living in a place where we have TV again. Um, Yeah, I'm like all about investigation discovery. Like people do like really crazy shit and I like wanna know about it. I don't know why. I don't know if it like makes me feel safer because I'm like, okay, people are capable of anything. So like you always have to be on the lookout or if I'm just like that interested in the human psyche as to how people are capable of doing these really terrible, awful and malicious things.
0: Can you watch those before you go to bed?
1: I can. Yeah. My boyfriend can't. He's like, I don't want to watch stuff like this before I go to bed and I can watch it and I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't affect me.
0: See, now I'm going back to just that question. Like <laughs> why, right? So yes. why, why is it? And, and there doesn't necessarily have to be an answer, but that's so interesting. Like you said, you were doing it or almost avoiding it out of thinking that it would negatively affect you in some way, like you said, your psyche, but there's no reason that it has to either, which is the fascinating part.
1: The way that, exactly. Like the way that I, the way that I see it, it's like by watching it, I don't feel like I'm energizing it. You know, if we're going to use like holistic health speak, like I, it is a part of life. These things have happened. These are actual factual cases. And I think also maybe being a person who has been, I hate the word victim, but I'm going to say it um, or I've been assaulted before. You know, I haven't been murdered. Nobody slit my throat. um, But I feel the more I can understand about what drives people to do things that are violent toward other people. I almost feel like it helps me have more compassion. This could be a total story I'm making up in my own head to justify why I have this vice of watching murder shows and like like homicide shows um but i just feel like i don't know there's this weird sense of like okay i'm i'm going into the mind of a person who clearly has a lot of issues and then sometimes they talk about the backstory of like how that person grew up and then you see their childhood and you're like yeah i'm not saying that's a good excuse for running out and killing a bunch of people but like try to imagine being a child in a household where like you know, there's one episode where this guy's mother would like bring men home and have sex with them and make her like 10 year old son watch. And I'm just like, it's mind boggling and it's sick and it's twisted and it's crazy. But just by turning the TV off doesn't make it not have happened, you know? So like, I am just trying to take it all in and be like, yeah, there's some crazy shit that happens in the world and people do some crazy things. And I'm just interested to understand like, what would drive them?
0: To do such things? All right, I want to go down some rabbit holes here. This let's is go good. down the and rabbit holes. That's what I, we're here for. I mean, for, I was going to say I haven't had any <laughs> THC, which it could make this more interesting. But if you have, <laughs> hey, awesome, let's do it. Um Okay, no, because I want to take this into almost like a collective consciousness part. So, mm-hmm. like you said, your boyfriend had, like we're we're similar like with the way that we're thinking about that. You have a different viewpoint on it, but then we're all different because none of us have necessarily ever done like that last one, like just crazy. Right. Like, yeah. And and then it's, but have we experienced that in some way? Like would I have had that experience or has that experience been part of my life in any way? Just the, the collective energy, the collective consciousness. And is that why I want to avoid it? Because I know of it. And is it then you want to still, maybe you didn't actually even pick up on that and you want to be aware of it so that you could help somebody else or something. I I don't know if I have much of a question beyond that, but it's like just a fascinating thought. Like this is still all happening all around us. And yet we all react so differently to it, but yet it still is kind of all happening to us because as you said, it still happened.
1: Right. And we're on this earth and therefore, you know, collective consciousness says that, yeah, we are a part of this. Like we're connected to it in some way. And it does, and I feel like it goes back to the whole mindset thing of how how is this going to affect me? Clearly, if it was impeding in my sleep, or you know, turning me into a violent person, or um, somehow harming me in some way, I would say this is not healthy for me, and I would turn it off. And I assume that people who are have an aversion to shows like that turn it off because they don't like it's not helping them in some way, right? To see that, and then there are people in this world who are fascinated by it, not condoning it, but just like, I feel like to be interested and be fascinated by something doesn't mean that you're a proponent of it or that you're advocating it. I'm fascinated by human nature and human behavior. And when I was studying psychology, there was a period of time where I wanted to work in a mental institution. I wanted to work with schizophrenic people and people who had severe mental illness. And this was at a time in my life where I kind of didn't realize how, my own safety or sense of safety would eventually play into that. So I didn't end up, you know, going that route. Um, But I feel like I've always been fascinated by this because it is, like you said, it's happening in the world. There are people who are experiencing this on either end as perpetrator or as the victim. And I feel like it's important if we're going to heal this in any sort of way to try to understand it and have as much compassion for these people as possible. You know, not to say that they shouldn't pay the price or, um, you know, be punished or whatever. Everyone's got different thoughts on on how to deal with that. But by turning the cheek to it and not um, and pretending like it's not happening, I don't really think that that is going to help with our collective mental health and wellness.
0: Yeah, because it's 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 happening period
1: it's happening like it's, yeah
0: th- there's no pretending again now it's you're avoiding that but again why are you avoiding that like that's on somebody else to have to deal with that but yeah it is happening and we do have to deal with it. but as far as what manner no idea
1: yeah well it makes me wonder too like if there wasn't so much shame and fear and wanting to bury our heads in the sand about things like that could these people get the help that they need before they commit these awful crimes you know because a lot of this stuff is just bottled up you know in a in a healthy person it might show up as road rage you're in your car by yourself somebody cuts you off and you're like fuck you like all the profanities come out you're flipping them off you're honking you're you know you're acting in certain ways a lot of times that is like our pent-up frustrations and anger. And the person who cut you off is just the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like they're just acting as a trigger, but what you are playing out is stuff that was already there. It didn't accumulate in the fraction of a second it took for a guy to cut you off or a gal (laughs) on the road. And so, um, yeah, I think that with people who are mentally ill and unstable and committing these terrible, awful crimes, you know, is there a point in their lives where they could share with a therapist or with a friend or family member or somebody I'm having thoughts about doing really terrible things. And I feel really shameful about that. And I want help before something bad happens, you know, but we don't have these conversations and everyone goes right to shaming and blaming and saying this person is awful and labeling them. And then this person identifies as this awful person. And then of course they're going to play out. Well, everybody thinks I'm this terrible, awful, violent person. So I guess that's what I am. And then off they go. I don't
0: know how we started talking about this and I have no idea if I'm
1: making any sense. And I haven't had any THC.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's so fascinating because, okay, we could also just take this back to like It's a, it's a fear of just how others are going to perceive you. And then, okay, I guess I am X, Y, Z, whatever that happens to be. But we could take it back to the asking for 25% off. Well, that's Mm. just a different form of fear. But again, well, Sure, you and I relate to that, so we can say it and laugh about it, and it's okay. But yeah. the second it changes to just a different topic, where if all of a sudden I said sex or politics or religion, like, mm-hmm. mm, mm, buttholes just like,
1: everybody's Tightened got really up. tight on edge, right? Yep, everyone's <laughs> super constipated now. It's
0: so different just depending on the topic. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, man. and it just boils down to fear of judgment, right? It's, I mean, it's it, because if you, it's hear, if you didn't fear if you didn't fear judgment, and usually it's you know, I think the more you judge yourself without compassion or awareness, and you're really critical and hard on yourself, you know, of course that's going to come out the other way, and you're going to project that onto other people around you, and so maybe maybe this has to. Oh my God, I'm having a revelation. Maybe me watching these murder shows has a lot to do with how much softening and opening I've done over the last few years and having more compassion for myself and not being driven to go to the gym by, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to look like this if I don't go to the gym, or I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't stay on top of my workouts. But now like, you know what, I just want to let my level of health and energy and my intuition be my guide. And on some days I'm going to feel like getting after it. And those are the days I'll get after it. And some days I might go all the way to the gym, get through my mobility, warm up and say, I really don't feel like doing this today. In the past, I would have judged myself harshly, pushed myself through it and suffered the consequences of that through injury, through digestive problems, um, you know, and all the other issues I was experiencing. And now I'm able to be like, you know what, Steph, that's okay you're not going to feel like getting after it every single day, you know? So like, what do you feel like doing today? Maybe it's going for a walk, you know, around the park, um, or maybe it's sitting on the couch and watching my murder shows. And I will do that. And I will notice if I start to judge myself and I try to like, let my conscious voice say, maybe this is just what you need today. Okay. It doesn't have to look the way someone else's uh, needs look. And we're all different. So like, why not just let yourself enjoy it instead of sit here and feel guilty? It's the same thing I tell my clients who are like, oh my God, I had this bite of chocolate cake and I felt so guilty, but it was so good. And I'm like, how much did you enjoy that bite of chocolate cake while you were experiencing all this guilt and shame and pain while you were eating it? Because that that sounds like it could have been a really great experience if you're just like, it's okay for me to have a bite of chocolate cake. I'm making this choice. I want to enjoy it and then actually fully feel the pleasure in that. Um, Yeah. So it's like maybe me watching these murder shows is just like me letting myself have more compassion for myself and then trying to have compassion for other people too. Even though most of the time I'm like, Oh my God, what the, how did this person, Oh, this is sick. I can't watch this anymore. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm into the next one.
0: How do you cultivate the, the intuition saying like whether it's an intuition a feeling because i feel like i'm saying feel now too uh a lot of times people just say well i they don't and we talked about like feeling normal even how do you even work for yourself or maybe show clients like how to actually feel that how to take that intuition of okay i should bust my ass in the gym today or i should be going to lay on the rock or whatever it is. Like, is there anything that you've experienced that you find helps with that?
1: Yeah. Just quiet, quiet time. Um, whether that be just sitting quietly by yourself, you know, either in meditation or just sitting quietly and tuning in to your body. And when thoughts come up, recognize them as thoughts, like not what do I think I feel, but what do I actually feel? And like, maybe I I do like, um, body meditations with people where we go through like different areas of the body and just really like a scanning type thing yeah like a scanning type thing yeah and just like you know focusing your breath into that area noticing any sensations and not not judging them but just feeling like maybe an area feels tight maybe an area feels tingly maybe an area feels heavy maybe you have actual pain but tuning into those things so quiet time is really important um and for people who have trouble sitting still or if it creates a tremendous amount of anxiety for them because i I have worked with people who just will get anxiety by being told to be still and and listen because it's like there's so much pent up in there. There's like so much energy that's like screaming to be released that they don't know how to like slow drip it out. Um, so for those people, any type of gentle movement, like walking out in nature, I think is one of the best things you can do. And if you can, if you feel safe to go by yourself, I think that's great. It's always nice to have, you know, a companion. But it's easy for us to get caught up in conversation and thinking and, you know, you're always sort of on edge to a certain degree, I think, if you're around another person. And there's just so much medicine in walking around in nature, breathing, noticing what's around you, you know, listening to the sounds. Um, I think the more that we can just kind of strip away from all of the thoughts and get more down to what is right in front of us in the present moment, focusing on our breath, focusing on physical sensations. I think that is the best way to help someone tap into their intuition.
0: Part of the reason I ask is I've been trying to not so much cultivate intuition. And I'm curious if more, if you have any practices with clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. I mean, any of those things where you're able to either see like somewhere else, uh, maybe the deja vu feeling. Uh, do you have just any insight on any of that? I'm curious. I
1: personally, I don't. Um, yeah. I actually haven't had deja vu in like years. Like when I was a kid, I felt like I had it all the time, but now I, I can't even remember the last time I've had um, an experience like that. So I don't. I don't feel like I have. I feel like my my intuition is at a more subtle level like i will get a pretty clear yes or no and i can't even say that it's a physical sensation in my body it's more like what is my instant reaction to something you know if i'm asked to do something go somewhere you know have a conversation with somebody like is my instant reaction like a strong yes or is there some sort of resistance or hesitation there so as far as intuition goes because i think a lot of people can claim intuition when they're thinking themselves out of something they don't want to do. So if you're working with a client and you've, you know, presented an action plan, uh, as far as, you know, what you see would be a good starting point for them to get, you know, to where they want to go. Um, And sometimes, you know, if you're met with resistance, that could be them overthinking the process and not just taking action. But I think if we're tapping into our intuition, going with whatever the gut instinct is, you know, and really listening to that and running with that. I think it's so important. I don't, I don't think it even matters what you're talking about. Like it could be as simple as somebody texted you, right? And like, you could just even see their name, not even know the text, or you could read the text and you might have this instant kind of resistance reaction of like, Ugh, like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Like this is, you know, and that for me is my intuition saying like, this is not the right time for this, you know? It's taking away from whatever you were doing before. So just keep going with that. And then sometimes I'll feel like a very strong pull that will say like, yes, now is the time. Do this. I do think that everybody has the ability to tap into their intuition. I think it just takes a lot of practice to strip away the layers of intellectualism that we've put on top of our intuition. We've, we've Most of us have really numbed out because it hurts to feel sometimes, right? Like, especially the stuff that we tend to bottle up. Like, how many people do you know bottle up their happiness? <laughs> well, you know I'm what? so okay. ecstatic right now, I'm just gonna uh, save that for later. <laughs> in a sense,
0: I don't know, maybe it's not bottle up happiness, maybe it's just suppression of happiness. Because like you said before, like people will try and identify with whatever disease they've been diagnosed with that week, right? Uh, yeah. so is it, is that the, like, I'm wondering if that's the same thing or if that's the exact opposite? Like, is it a bottling of happiness? Like they're it's just like waiting to actually come out or it's just, they haven't been able to cultivate it at all.
1: I, with happiness and like pleasure, I feel like people oftentimes don't give themselves permission to experience that because they've associated it with like, I don't deserve this. You know, I don't deserve to feel good and happy. I don't deserve to have a totally healthy body that's free from any kind of diagnosis or ailments. A lot of times it comes down to matters of deserving. And in working with um, I've working I've been working with a lot more women lately than men. Um, Not really like that's just been who has been contacting me like I, I just have more female clients. But the issue of worthiness and deserving comes up almost everywhere in their paperwork. I know I need to rest and relax more, but I feel like I have to earn that. Like, I feel like I can't sit down even if I'm really tired or I can't just take a break in the middle of the day, even if I'm exhausted um, because I haven't earned it. I don't deserve it. You know, I'm not worthy of it. And I think that, you know, having been in a lot of abusive relationships, I am definitely one of those people that came from, you know, I don't deserve to be in a healthy, good relationship. And I, I just see that a lot, you know, that people, um, they don't know, they they say they want to be happy, but it's almost like they hold themselves back from experiencing the happiness because it's attached like the chocolate cake thing. You know, their happiness is attached to guilt, feeling embarrassed, feeling wrong, um, feeling shame, you know, it's interesting yeah the topic of like pleasure and happiness that that's a really interesting topic
0: so what makes you happy what makes you just like if you're gonna wake up in the morning and, or go throughout your day like what just makes you put a smile on your face it's just like ecstatic about the day
1: Oh gosh well I love good food <laughs> good food makes me really happy um, but really for me like now, I would, in the past, I would say like, oh, the new pair of shoes that I bought or like, you know, these amazing jeans or this piece of jewelry. And it's like, now it's fresh air. It's feeling sunshine on my skin. It's like some of the most basic stuff, the smell of fresh soil. Oh my God, that hit me so hard on a walk last week that I was like, I fucking love the smell of fresh soil. (laughs) I like wanted to bottle it and make it a perfume because it just reminds me of, of growth and of being outside and like nutrition and all the yin principles, right? Like of like hydration and, and nourishment. Um, yeah, like it's the little stuff like that that I notice. And and another day last week. I don't use my car very much now that we've moved to Vancouver. Like I walk quite a bit, but I was in my car and I was driving and I just had this like wave of gratitude wash over me. I was like, I'm so grateful for my car. It's like, it's a 2010 Honda civic. It's all dinged up. I've, you know, crashed that thing several times into several different things, never people the things. Um, so it's all dinged up, but you know, it got us here from Bay area Like, it's a reliable car. I just felt like this very strong, like, I was, like, petting the steering wheel. I was, like, thank you so much (laughs) for taking me places safely and for being such a good car. It was, like, I now just totally get high on little things. Um, And, yeah, it kind of makes it a little bit harder, though, to, like, live in these bigger cities, you know, because we've gone from the Bay Area to Los Angeles, back to the Bay Area, now up in Vancouver. And I'm not going to lie, I like fantasize about living out in the middle of Montana sometimes, you know, and just like having animals and lots of space and fresh air and not have a bazillion people around me. So, yeah, what makes me really happy now is just like the simple stuff and being connected to nature and earth.
0: So what was behind the move to another city then?
1: Oh, um, so my boyfriend is an animator. And he is currently working on the Lego Two movie with a company up here called Animal Logic. So he worked for DreamWorks for 10 years, which was why we had gone from Redwood City down to Los Angeles and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, not having like kids or a house or anything, when the opportunity came up, we were like, why wouldn't we move to another country and just see how we like it there. So but it's a lot of moving around. And so that is it, you can feel very ungrounded like that in and of itself, no matter where you are, I think can be very stressful just to be physically moving, always like bringing things with you. And yeah, it's just like a lot, a lot going on.
0: And that's where digging in, or just that's fr- uh fresh smell of soil, like noticing that again, like that might be just be like pulling you down right there even too.
1: Oh, it was so amazing. I mean, just uh yeah, because we live on a busy street. Like there's a lot of exhaust fumes and like diesel fumes and stuff. Um, but I take these side streets on walks to the gym and, and in the morning, and now that it's spring, there's like tulips everywhere and the most beautiful flowers. And so somebody had like dug up the entire part right along the sidewalk, and it was just fresh soil and the air was just right. I was downwind, I caught a big whiff of it, and I was like, Oh my god, it was like a Olfactory orgasm, it's crazy.
0: Okay, so I see, I see some uh, no, some flower tattoos there. What type of flowers are your favorites?
1: You know what? I don't even think I have a favorite flower. I'm not, I'm not a flower person because I always feel sad when I see them cut. I know that's like really weird. I've always felt that that I'm like, oh, they've been cut. Now they're gonna die. Like if you know, I just like, I like plants. If they're in a Um, vase
0: or whatever, particularly. Yeah, 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 I just
1: like you know. I've heard that you know several. Guys have told me, like, oh, well, that's a good thing. I'll save some money there. <laughs> I'm not going to be buying new flowers for Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I actually just let the artist do what he wanted to do. So I have cherry blossoms on this arm that was done by a Japanese artist um, who didn't speak any English. So That was, like, the most weird 12 hours of my life. Not really weird, but it was just Yeah, but very- talking
0: about, like, letting fear quiet. go of fear, that could be, I mean, that could oh, be yeah. very... Uh, just eye-opening experience in itself
1: yeah yeah but it was his piece of art and i had i had it hanging on my bathroom door for like a year and i had looked at it for a year and so i was like committed i was like "I, i still love this i would love to have him you know put it on my body um and so yeah like the my tattoos don't really have like symbolism i know some people get them because they're like there's a story it's about like their grandparents or you know something like that i'm just like if i like the art and i feel connected to it i'm like yeah let's do it
0: Hey, that's coming back to just that intuition. You're just feeling exactly hey, what works well for you.
1: And not like needing to make a story about it, like not needing a reason. And that's been huge for me in my saying no lately and like really setting up some, some healthier boundaries, both, you know, professionally and personally um, to say no and not explain why. Just like the 25% off thing. Walk in ask for it, and don't feel the need to explain. Because why? Because you're trying to change someone's perception of you or what assumption you're making their perception of you is, right? So saying no to things and just leaving it there instead of like, yeah, sorry, no, I can't because I'm going away to this thing or that or I'm really busy right now. Like even I noticed myself when I was saying no, I felt like I had to say like, oh, I'm really busy with this or that. And it's like, those people don't fucking need to know what I'm busy with. I could be busy picking my damn nose at home. It's nobody's business.
0: But again, everybody's busy. And that's, that's why that saying that too is just like,
1: yeah, it's totally socially acceptable to say like, I can't go to your birthday party because I'm busy instead of, I don't like going to bars. I'm not coming. Right. Or, or just saying like, no, I'm not coming like with zero explanation.
0: Yeah. I, I've practiced saying no. And I think that's why that's an easier thing for me just to hear you say. So it's not Mm like, Oh, like, well, why would you say no? Uh, But I recognize I, I'll have patients come in and like, and they're like trying to come up with excuses for people. And they'll ask me about things. I'm like, uh, why don't you? Like, if you wanted to say no, why can't you tell them that? And then it goes into this entire story. And I'm like, yeah. Okay.
1: It's (laughs) just, it's a fear of letting people down. Or how somebody else might view you. And I mean, we all have that because I feel like we've been raised to have that, you know? Like we've been dependent on what our peers thought of us or our teachers or the church or our parents. We get grades. It's like either, yes, you're good at this, no, you suck at this, and not ever really checking in with ourselves as to whether or not we're even interested in a topic that's taught at school or a certain, you know, or karate or whatever our parents had put us into. It was more like, you're just doing this thing. And now all these outside people are giving you feedback. And so much is resting on the feedback that they give you that now, why would we check in with ourselves? We're just going to look externally for do you think I'm okay? Is this okay with you? Because that is just like, we're on autopilot to do that. And then you ask someone, is it okay with you? And they're like, I don't know, like, they don't even know how to answer the question. Because nobody's ever asked them the question before. Because it's like, well, it doesn't matter what you think it matters what the teacher thinks what the you know, all these other Whoever's
0: authoritative, the Yeah. Authority. yeah.
1: Exactly, oh my it God. matters what authority thinks, but not, not how you feel or what you think about it.
0: Well, we're closing in on an hour here. I, I will, if you wouldn't mind sharing with everybody, where can they find out all about what you have going on, what you're all about? Uh, if you haven't listened, like go check her out on other podcasts too. It was awesome. A couple of the ones I got to listen to as well as your videos and everything like, awesome stuff. So I w I wanted to make sure people get know where to go find all of that for you.
1: Thank you, Nick. Yeah, my website is stephanieo.com. And that's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-O.com. Um, I also have a YouTube channel under my name, Stephanie Obregozo And you can find me on Facebook. I've got a Facebook business page. My my Instagram, um, it's a little bit of a mix of both. I would say it's more personal than, than anything else. Um, but yeah, that's where people can find me.
0: Fantastic. Stephanie, thank you again for this today. I, it's always fun getting to do this and I'm just thinking like there's so many other things going through my head as we're talking because it's just enlightening, like all these other things, just different things that I never thought about. So I really do appreciate all that you had to share today.
1: Thank you so much. Well, if we do it again, what we should do is take an hour before to just like shoot the shit And then I think as we roll into the second hour, we're going to be really like targeted and focused on like, okay, like these are the things that we (laughs) definitely want to touch on. (laughs)
0: We'll have to book this in a couple months, set it right up and just (laughs) drop it on everybody. I love it.
1: Sounds great, Nick. Thank you so much.
0: Hey guys, and thank you for listening to the Bare Naked Health Podcast. If you want to support the show, please head over to iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, give a five-star rating, positive comment. This really helps other people find this show uh, or just share it with your friends. Uh, Hopefully they can get something out of it too, but thank you very much and look forward to talking to you soon.